Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about a scene at the end of your tabletop game that introduces and then never uses my favorite character, Mr. Sinister. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we're going to be talking about releasing games on a non-standard schedule that just might help us facilitate building a cinematic universe. Got the ups and the downs, the beeps and the sweeps. I got the Creeps. wiggles and the jiggles. Yeah. Yeah. All the important bits. Yeah. In that's a compact. How you know you're podcasting. That's that's how you know. That's how you know. Uh, if you're me, you know that your mic is going to raise to the exactly the uh, negative 12 level every single time, no matter what you say or how you say it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's unnerving. I've actually seen other people's just like a uh, line of like where their thing goes up to. Yeah. And it is so weird to me that it hits different things. And like I, I move in and out from my mic and, and like some. Like yeah, the, you have a pretty, a pretty, a pretty uh, level. It's just weird because volume. like the, the majority of the things where things move around is actually Windows auto adjusting because it doesn't. <laughs> I think because it doesn't believe it's a human voice or something. I don't know. Yeah. Are I'm you, not are you sure. sure you're not a robot. No. Frankly, all all evidence points. Yeah, yeah. But all all evidence suggests that you may in fact be a robot. Yeah, Sorry that exactly. My hair is doing some weird stuff. This is, I'm I, sure, great content for I, for I, the I audio listeners. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't click on light posts. Uh, <sighs> I have no idea how many uh, motorcycles are in this picture. Yeah. Let's talk tough. about releasing games in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> by by a different way, do you mean actually releasing them? <laughs> no, no. I mean and like in a different working way. Working on them for years. Well, yes, yes. Years and years. Okay. So here here's my <laughs> pitch. Okay. Uh the traditional publishing model is yeah. one that is working for the industry in kind of like a vague sense. You know, like you make a game, you put it into a book, you put it online. And you you hope you can get it into some physical copy if you can, maybe even get it into a brick and mortar store. But like that is the way that most games are being spread around, right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody puts up a lot of money up front to pay for the pay for all the work for the design, yeah, and for the and potentially for the the physical stuff. Sometimes that's a company. Sometimes that's a Kickstarter. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's other kind of thing, but it's usually all done at one time in one go. Yeah, and like, like there's some print on demand options, um, but like, you know, drive through takes an enormous amount of your money if you're doing that. And uh, like, you know, that can be a little inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, and there's plenty of people that don't do layout or art or any of that stuff. And that's fully legitimate. But they're because people are used to that, like, you know, it is a book or a PDF at the end of this model. Uh, people will get like judgmental and go like, this isn't a real game. It's just a Google drive link. And it's like, no, of course it's still a real game. Cause it's a, cause it's a functional game that you can sit down and play. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's exceptions to this. Um, literally unplayable, literally unplayable. <laughs> cause I open it in Google drive instead yeah, of as anything opposed else. To a PDF. 
ridiculous. Which you also would open in Google Drive. Let's be honest. Uh, I would never. How dare you? <laughs> that's how I do it. <laughs> I, I open would, everything I, I, out of Google. I'm a disaster. Uh, um, there's exceptions to that. Uh, Monster Care Squad, I know, has an online version, uh, which is very... Uh, Monster Care Squad is so cool. I need to... Hmm. I don't it's very I've, heard, cool. I've seen the name, but I don't really know much about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's, it's, that's not what we're doing right this second. I just had to, okay. had to have a second of just like excitement about that. But uh, if you, depending upon the final product that you're trying to make, I think that that traditional publishing model might not make sense. Um, and part of what I'm trying to do is going like, hey, we, a lot of gamers come up on D&D and want to make things that are similar to like ha- the, the scope of D&D, and that's impossible. You know, like, yeah. even if you can produce enough content in theory, like, I don't think there's anyone else in the industry except maybe Paizo that is getting the that has the ability to put out books as often as Wizards of the Coast does and have people buy them. Uh, and so what I'm trying to do is see what kinds of things we can start to do to both challenge the idea that everything needs to be a PDF. Mm hmm produce and distribute as like larger amounts of content and maintain the feel of having fun doing a hobby because i think that a lot of us you know want to do design as play but the traditional publishing model forces us to do a small amount of design as play and then a bunch of making a book as work you know yeah. yeah there's plenty of people in the industry that love layout there's plenty of people in the industry that love art that, that love writing up paragraphs in order to explain how to roll dice uh no but that's not everybody paragraphs. no that's one wants to write paragraphs <laughs> but that's not everybody and it's quite frankly not me uh and so i'm kind of trying to figure out how to make a big weird fun scalable project that doesn't require me to put out PDFs every month, every two months, but still allows me to put things out. So that's where I started. Uh, I was talking with, as I so frequently do, my like mind partner who is always trying to crack the same problem that I am, uh, Spencer Campbell of uh, Gila mm-hmm. RPGs. Uh, and uh, he... I call him season pass sometimes because he's always making season passes. And I was like, what if I tried to do the same thing, but I don't have the publishing chops that Spencer has. Like Spencer can say like, Hey, I'm going to put out four new products in the next four months and it'll happen. And that's not me. Uh, So instead what I'm trying to do is create a freemium model that isn't exploitative doesn't fully not pay me because mm-hmm. as much as I would like to fully be free of money, I cannot be. 
and allows me to keep having fun with it while I do it. So that's where I am with Radcrawl. Okay. And I think I've kind of cracked it. Yeah. Um, and so it's using the same kind of like seasons model that you see in like a lot of super exploitative games. Well, because some uh, of this came Fortnite out of model. also you, because I saw, at least I saw a part of this conversation happening around the announcement about uh, Overwatch 2. Which is yes, like a yes, full a big AAA video game mm-hmm. <laughs> being released in seasons. Yeah, because like, because this is okay. This is truly wild. Because, uh, I mean, Blizzard is like an exploitative, horrific company, but they yeah. had like Overwatch Two is going to give you these cool features, and it's like great. That sounds awesome. Back when I played, uh, and then. Suddenly, this announcement comes out that's like, all right, Overwatch 2, first release is going to be a character and some new skins. And it's like, what? Second release for Overwatch 2, it's going to be some more skins and a couple maps. And it's like, that's not a new game. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, the big feature, the PVE feature, which was supposed to be like the thing that makes it a game is on like release three. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole level of, Overwatch 2 is a wild level of this is not a new game game. Oh, yeah. Like, they've kind of unabashedly been, I mean, this is getting into the video game stuff that we don't usually talk about, but it's like, um, they're kind of just, they're, they're clearly trying to rewrite their code to make it better, yeah. but still making it the same game. Because yeah, they're like, they're like, we're going to sunset Overwatch 1. <laughs> but there's a lot of overlap and like they are remaking all the original stuff, I think. It's yeah. very strange. And and like now that is just a free game also. Yeah. I think. So like it's that is all a whole bunch of nonsense. But yeah. it made me just go like, hey, <laughs> nothing matters. If they're doing it, <laughs> then yeah. Like if this billion dollar company can do it, then yeah. uh old BLG sitting over here pulling in sometimes a couple hundred bucks every six months can (laughs) can go ahead well you know while working a full-time job and and being a dad and uh being in at least one podcast uh i i can i can probably lower my requirement from (laughs) this is a complete game yeah that competes with D &D (laughs) into something a little more reasonable so what is so then what is the plan? What is the model? What is the thing that you think is going to make this work? So uh, here it is. Uh, there's going to be an active season. Uh, and that season will uh, be free. Whatever like the current season is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's starting with Battle in the Bog. Uh, so if I refer to bog stuff, that's what I'm doing. Once... That sees once I have bog stuff, hashtag bog stuff. Um, once I have a next season created and ready to release, then I'll release the next season, and the season one will get uh folded into like a rad crawl complete. Yeah, if you buy rad crawl, you have rad crawl complete, uh, and so. Uh, once you're on season two, uh, the murder at the mausoleum, which is, uh, crow mercenaries versus undead, 
Uh, if you're playing for free, you can log on and have those assets and play that game. And you'll have all like the base rules, everything you need to like play in different game modes as I come up with new game modes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but you won't have the frog. Uh, you won't have the, the bog uh, team and you won't have the pirate team because they were in season one. If you give me like the 20 bucks or whatever it is, you've got all four teams now. And when season three releases, you'll have six teams. And just allowing it to grow exponentially because this is a thing I enjoy doing is kind of the goal that I have with it. Uh, and by moving it away from PDFs, I can, I, I probably will release PDFs of some of the content and of like a rule book that you can download. But I'm going to be trying to do most of this in an online, easily accessed way, like a Notion or like using some like, ex like Excel sheets on Drive and stuff like that. Yeah. So that if I am in the middle of season one and I hear from everybody, hey, this character is fully broken, then I can <laughs> fix it. <laughs> yeah. Without having to like go update three different PDFs. Um, and when each season ends throughout the season, you're going to be able to go onto like a Google form and put like, hey, we did a battle and the the bog eaters won. And so at the end, I can go like, here's the metagame as it moves on uh, <laughs> and uh, release so the next season. We'll have a new item that is uh, like, you know, like basically a, you know, the crown for that previous team, whatever. Um, and the other team will get buffed. So that I can start making adjustments and keep on making adjustments so that you can have like when you do buy the game, you might end up with 10 teams that have been kind of balanced against each other. And I'll continue making little adjustments to them and I can like return to stuff if people were like, hey, those frogs were super fun. What if we did this? Then I can put them in a season and make some changes, add some new stuff and just basically keep on building this out. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So if you are, but what's what I think, what I, what I'm happy about with this is that if you're a free user, uh, every time there's a new season, you get a new battlefield to play. You get two new teams to play with and you've got access to them. Right. Yeah. And, uh, if you, uh, have paid, if you are like a, a premium user, then you've got all the old stuff too. If you're a free user, maybe you downloaded it. I don't care. I'm not here to police you. Yeah. Um, but like you won't have like the, the balancing that happens as things keep up to date. Um, it's so kind of like it's kind of like the um, League of Legends does that, too, I think. Or a lot of those um, the those kind of like MOBA games where they'll yeah, have like yeah. seven characters that are free every month. And mm -hmm. then they rotate out. So if you're a free user, you just get to use whatever the free characters are. But then as you like pay to unlock things, you get to keep them. Exactly. Yeah. Except like I'm keeping it really simple because yeah. I don't have like I, I don't have the desire to to try to balance out. Like I, I don't want people have, having to put in like 20 different itch codes, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You're not going to police it as much either. Yeah. Like. like there's going to be a notion that is the current season. And there's going to be a notion that is everything. 
And if you have access to everything, you have access to everything. Um, and then like, you know, who knows? I can probably play around with doing some eventy things and like going like, yeah, just paste this into your spreadsheet or like print out this card. And then you've got this card. Um, but the default will be if you got the big pack, you got the big pack. Mm -hmm. And so it's letting me play around with it and it's really focusing in my design because it means that like I have to make a whole bunch of equipment because one of the things I that is a requirement for this game to exist in my mind is for there to be a roster of characters to play with and also a capability to make a character. Um, and so I am saying season one is going to have 40 cards and it's going to be split between like normal cards, bog cards, pirate cards, and like some grab bag of other weird ideas that I have. And so like season one will feel a certain way. And then season two, I'll add more items. Uh, I don't necessarily need to make 40 new items, yeah. but I need to make new themed items for the different teams. And so once we hit like season three, if you want to, you can probably play with a deck of like 80 different items and like you can put different characters together using those different items. Uh, and you can mix and match your fights. Hmm. Yeah. Now that works that way, or in theory, this will work because yeah. of the kind of game that Radcrawl is, which is yes. kind of a, a, a random, like not random, but a, 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 a it's, it's character focused. It's fight focused. It's mini game yeah. focused. Um, could this kind of thing work for another format of game, like a more narrative, like the traditional kind of like indie RPG is a little more freeform, a little more narrative focused. And I'm, and I'm wondering about um, rather than thinking about it, like the kind of like if while we're on the, on the, 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 the path of stealing video game release plans. Yeah. 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 I wonder if um, rather than the MOBA, um, Overwatch kind of re like seasonal release strategy. Yeah. I wonder if like a Telltale Games episodic strategy would work where they release mm. like like they'll do a they'll do a uh, a Walking Dead game, but it'll be a, over the course of six episodes, each of which is a small chunk of the story that you play. And I wonder if you could do that. I think you, you totally know? could. Um, like uh, one of the things that Spencer is working on with uh with nova mm -hmm. and then releasing essentially uh things that are kind of somewhere between like an adventure module -y thing and a new subsystem new feature yeah and so those are like cool. focusing it's so cool and so those are focusing like the different uh factions of the game so uh like the first like let's say uh the, the first one is about like uh the hellions which are these like demonic monstery guys and so you get that and you can play a campaign that like works nicely around the hellions and like adds that to the experience that you're having and it you kind of roll through that and like i think that's really cool you know yeah that was a thing that lancer did a little bit and this is a, mm -hmm. a little bit of a a little bit of a <laughs> a topic uh, that had some discourse around it. So I don't want to get into it too deeply. But like okay. they released Lancer as a game that like you could play, and then they released a um a, like a module campaign 
that involved all of the core mechanics from the game, but included a couple extra bonus like mechs that you could play and some new mechanics yeah. and was like the first half of a story. And the plan was going to be that they were going to release a second half of it that would have more stuff. And yeah, like, and then that that it kind of didn't happen or didn't isn't happen. Gonna happen. But like that that framework, I wonder if you could kind of do a similar thing where you like if you they like they the way they released it, though, like Lancer was a very robust full game. I wonder if yeah. you could kind of like find what is that minimum viable product version of your story game of your game mm. and release that and be like, here is the thing that is the core of this. You need this to be able to play the rest of the mechanics. But and then here's episode one, which is a story and some more mechanics and some specific mini games and stuff like that. And then you can pull all that, all those mechanics out to run like either that setting or your own stuff. But then you'll release episode two that has more mechanics and you're slowly building up. Yeah. Not just story and campaign, but game mechanics and stuff. I bet you totally could. Like if you think, um, you know, we're very comfortable in the superhero genre uh, and I feel like episodic sort of play works nicely for that. Yeah. Um, you could do a game. You could make a game where you're like, hey, this is a superhero game. Uh, episode one is Batman. And so, like, the the focus would be on character, on, like, running a character or characters that are, like, detectives that do, mm -hmm. like, you know, mystery stuff and things like that. And then you could do, hey, episode two is, uh, is Superman. And then you're in that same universe and you're doing a Superman game. And like, use some of the same mechanics as, like, an underlying thing and then be building that out. Yeah. Like there's I'm just thinking about there's no reason why like Jeff couldn't release anyone can wear the mask like season two. Yeah, which is just like more like because in that that's like that kind of game where you're just drawing cards and then doing some kind of a mini game. Like there's no reason why he couldn't release like uh, like a other mini games that you could either use all of or swap in and out which pieces you want. Choose totally. from your list. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you think of something like. um uh like the king is uh the king is dead that is mm -hmm. like uh from uh mcgay and vincent baker uh that is literally a collection of mini games uh you could swap those out you know and like yeah do do things where you're like hey in this next season uh full-on war has broken out yeah these are no longer options uh speaking of a game that is just mini games i do happen yeah. to have right here my my game, my copy of One Particular Harbor by Friend of oh. the Show, Megan <laughs> Cross. I got it in the mail. It is also a game that is just a series of mini games. Just it is another it's another game that like Megan could release season two or season three or whatever and like release more mini games in theory. Yeah. Another particular harbor. Yeah. A yeah. Different, <laughs> a different, a different, a different, a different harbor, harbor altogether. <laughs> a different harbor. Still particular. Just not yeah. the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, like, I think that that we've that indie games, we assume a certain scale and it's a scale that doesn't involve that doesn't include like a meta narrative, you know, like the L5R, I think it was uh, the Legends of Five Rings had like a card game that uh, that the winners of a tournament affected the story of the supplements as the game came out and so like that is 
so cool. Like, that's so cool. And I'm not going to put out a collectible card game because <laughs> I am a single person. Uh, but there's no reason that we can't start, like, like, looking at some possibilities of stuff like that where you go, like, all right, the game that you play in your home can have an effect on something. And that won't be fun for everybody. But for some people, there's like, there's like a... The idea of doing things in your game and then like sending in a play report of some kind, even like a simple play report, and having like something change because of that is so cool to me. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, this on okay, so we had talked earlier. Okay, so this this actually I was a little bit not sure how we were going to do this, but okay. we, we, when we were when we were talking about topics for today's episode. We had talked about wanting to talk about this distribution model. And also one of the other topics that has been sort of bouncing around in my head was I, I, I think it was Jeff Stormer had asked on Twitter, like, how could you write a tabletop game that is designed to play a cinematic universe? Yeah. And like with going in with the intent, like not just like playing another, like not just playing masks, though, kind of the way that we do for Party and City. Yeah. But like build a game that's designed to tell a, a, a cinematic like a, a cinematic universe's story and i wonder if like episodic kind of serial seasonal re um uh yeah. release structure like just thinking about it like you could I, so the way that i was looking at this a little bit before uh the shows before we started recording but the way that one particular harbor works is you there are like three factions that you can make a character in and okay. then it's a game for three to six players and the way that it works is every time you if i understand this correctly um every turn you choose one other so everybody does like a solitaire game that helps them develop their own character and uh, and their chunk of the world and then yeah. you choose yourself and one other player to play a little two person mini game Okay, and then is this one set firebrands. Yes, um, one particular harbor is based off of the Mobile Frame Zero firebrands, so it, okay. is, it is definitely influenced by that, or it is is definitely based off of that that framework. Sometimes would be, I come in with that with that games knowledge and make connections. <laughs> um, I, I have never played firebrand, so I don't. I don't. I wasn't familiar with it. I've read but not played, but it's a it's a like. That style where you choose another player and you do these mini games, mm -hmm. it it works so well. Yeah. It's so cool. And I could see a version of that where you release like fate like Marvel Phase One, where it's yeah. like the like a, a series of games designed to play a bunch of setup stuff. And then yeah. you do like phase two, which is like you start to have a, a whole bunch of crossover type mini games that yeah. build on that universe where and, and and have more interactions and then a phase three which is like thanos attacks or whatever i forget how marvel yeah that was phase three yeah um, yeah and and then you have like lots of big crossovers and like you could still pull from the earlier games to do yeah. the way, like the way that like guardians of the galaxy happens during phase two or three but is like essentially introducing a new team yeah so that's like grabbing a season one game a season one mini game and playing it later on and yeah. and you could if you were if you were releasing if you were releasing them all 
you're only ever releasing like small mini games at a time. Yeah. And you're doing them in seasons. That that does give you like kind of the um and then but so someone later on can come back and play all of them. And just get all full, yeah, get all and get, get all of them. And and it would let you tell kind of layers of stories. Yeah. And it would <laughs> like I now that you've said this, it would let you do things like play the game and then email the creator stories from your version of the game that could like influence the kinds of mini games that they release in the next phase. Yeah. And like cuz like that's one of the really nice things about like uh rolling release setups like that is like, you know, is being able to go oh, I've learned something in this yeah. first phase of it. Um like it like with rad like rad crawl is very is very much like a crunchy tactical game. Um, I might get a message back, uh, like you know, uh, in season one that's like, "Hey, every character with a lot of HP is way too powerful," and then like I can make a legitimate change to that. And so like if whether you're releasing like kind of like four zines or you're updating season one st- and like going back in a way that lets you update season one stuff like being able to get feedback and go like oh turns out uh the uh romance based uh character module isn't fun and then we're so then you like you can rewrite in season three the thing that was created in season two or in season one or season two and then you just put it out as like you know like, yeah uh our cinematic universe has upgraded how they handle <laughs> romantic plot lines. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That's actually, that's really fun. I'm kind of into this. How, so are we going to make a game together? I was going to just, I was just going to say, <laughs> do we want to write a game together? Like game it's together? been, it's been like five years and we haven't done that. Especially because our goal was to write games together. <laughs> Yeah, and instead you wrote a game and then I struggled around adjacent to you for for, for that time. You also uh, wrote a game. I it's not no. done yet. I could still fail. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, maybe we maybe we start to think about uh, a cinematic a one one particular cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good name for it. We can't do that, obviously. <laughs> but, but no, I I could kind of see this. Would you? Okay, here's here's my first big question. I think with with writing this game, we we have now moved from is this a possibility to writing the game? Because because this is what we do: is we start writing the game together, and then we go, yeah. we disagree on what this game is. <laughs> do you think? That this is a thing where each session you get together, you're making a movie or a comic run or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or do you think each session you get together, you're making multiple movies and or a full phase? I think you, it couldn't be a full phase because if that feels re- like too much. That feels like too much because if each release thing is a phase, right? Then, then unless this is comic books, not in not movies. You know, yeah, but even still, like even so, um, I I think it would be for me the sweet spot would be maybe one or two mini games per session. Okay, to do like where every mini game is a movie. 
Okay. Yeah. Like I could, I could definitely see it being one or two, one or two movies. Right. Um, and I, th- I think possibly you play multiple, I could see playing multiple mini games within a single movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, as maybe. kind of like, maybe like each mini game gives you a plot line and like a movie uh, is made of two or three plot lines. I wonder. Yeah. Like that's a interesting. plot, B plot, C plot, whatever. And that, that's interesting because that, so I, I had been thinking one mini game, one movie. And okay. that and that every mini game was like an archetype of a movie. Yeah. But breaking that up one step further and doing it as like um a kind of plot line, like a plot line archetype. Yeah. Where then you mix and match, like before That's you what start, I'm thinking, you that choose makes it fun. You get to kind of like craft which archetypes. And that and that breaks you out of also like if if the in one at least in one particular harbor, it sounds like the you're always playing with one other person. So if there are six people at the table, two people yeah. are playing, the people are just sitting and watching. But if, Which is act- actually in practice is so much freaking fun. <laughs> it's but so if, much fun. But, I love that style. But if everyone is, but so if, if, if instead you do six people playing in pairs, but you're all playing mini games that are going to, that are each like the A and B plot. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you have like an A plot and a B plot. So it's two mini games, four players, four players. Two, two to each thing with two people watching. And the two people watching are there to like help you switch back and forth between the A and B plot. Yeah. And they like maybe like a director role. Throw in an NPC. If you're yeah. are, are you doing actual scene? Are you playing actual scenes? I, I don't know. I had not been thinking that. But There's I don't I don't small, know. I have to say I love playing scenes. Yeah. Um and so like, a, there's I'm a part a of me that for- is I'm a sucker for, no for playing my, for no scenes. I like to play. Okay. okay. I, I I like to play microscope without the scenes. I've been I've I have actually been so I've been playing Wander Home with my okay. my uh, Sunday group, and I nice. have enjoyed the like roll your natures and build a place section. Like yeah. I've enjoyed that way more than I have enjoyed actually playing the game. Um, okay. Because you roll three natures, then you build out of those like a uh, a whole That's place. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. We we need to play Wander Home. I need to. I need, I need to, to play, play Wander Home so badly. Anytime I've read Wander Home so many times now. I, anytime <laughs> I now have a, thing. I, I have a pretty good grasp on it. I would love to 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 facilitate. I would love to play. Um, but so here here's where here's where I'm I'm in like a weird situation because I fully agree that I do not want to play scenes in microscope. Um, like mm-hmm. when I'm playing microscope and a scene starts up, um, it just, it doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. It, it like, it, it does not work for me at all, but the idea of playing scenes with just a couple of characters that we are then returning to. Yeah. Seems really fun. Yeah. Cause then you get I to want- go like, like if you're like, like, let's say you're four sessions in and you've played eight movies. It's super fun when someone is like, and then cowboy giddy up comes in <laughs> and, blah, 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 yeah. and like, you know, jump in yeah. that way. Like, I wonder if, um, if the, the, again, the sweet spot for that is like, you're playing maybe two or three scenes from yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Right? Like if you're if you're Agreed. doing a movie, you're playing like you're, the mini game has a small set of rules to drive play. And the goal is to play like two or three scenes out of the whole movie. Like you're just dropping in and grabbing a couple 
a couple like so you might play like the opening scene somewhere from the middle of the movie and like the finale or you might just play like the finale scene (laughs) or like depending on which movie you're playing i think i think if you look at like some of these like mini game based things the mini games tend to be a playing thing Mm -hmm. um uh and like like how how the how that is exactly played does like differ um but i think you could do a thing that like i think you could you could tell a (laughs) this is gonna sound so insulting i am a marvel fan and i like comic books a lot i think you could tell most marvel movies in three scenes yeah yeah you know that's true uh and you know just kind of and then this this happens, blah, 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 blah. You, you do three scenes. Each scene rolls some dice, gets you some resolution. You pull from some tables, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Suddenly you've got a full Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. establish a couple, a couple, a couple facts before. Maybe the maybe the minigame itself actually like gives you a list of potential scenes. Yeah, I, I could totally as, as see like that. A, as a setup. Um, I have been tweeting at... <laughs> the internet and Megan about all of these different one particular titles uh, with no context. So, so hi, Megan, if you're listening now, I hope it all makes sense. I'm a monster. Um, it's, it's not good to be our friend. It's actually uh, frequently unpleasant. Yeah. This this time released interactivity with the podcast is very strange. Where I'm interacting with the podcast on Twitter, <laughs> but I'm also on the podcast. Um, oh man! But yeah, and then the internet then, is weird. <laughs> content creation is weird. It turns yeah, out. It turns out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I kind of like that because then you're just like, like I like the idea that because I, I think I do think that even before we we're talking about this kind of release staggered release structure or mini game focused thing, the yeah. thing that I was thinking about it was like the way that you tell a uh, a cinematic universe, a game designed to do a cinematic universe, kind of by necessity, doesn't probably wouldn't let you play the whole movie. You've got yeah, to really like not. hit the plot and then hit like one emotionally relevant scene. Yeah. Because, you know, Marvel movies have one emotionally relevant scene. And then <laughs> not all of them. Uh, not all, and not all of them. <laughs> I saw um, Thor and then too. You, and, and then you move on. Um, yeah. There are people, there are people, if I can really quickly, there are people yeah. who, are, who are trying to uh, like prequel revive Thor 2 and be like, Thor oh 2 is actually God. better than the most recent Thor movie. Like the I, most recent Thor movie is so like they're saying it's so bad that it makes Thor two look good in comparison. I'll admit I've not seen the most recent Thor movie. I have, and I I don't know that it's the strongest in the franchise, but I don't think that it makes Thor two look good. I cannot imagine that it would. <laughs> like that movie was such garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And if you but, like uh, it, that's also okay. And I'm not trying to, you know. Yeah. It is good to like things. Uh I like things because they're bad, not in spite of it. <laughs> it, it it's well, it's good to like things, and I don't ever want to discourage someone from liking something. Uh the movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh Okay, but all that aside. Um so so what I was gonna say is like like 
like you're right. Like you, you basically need to hit a single big resonant moment of some kind. You, you yeah. introduce some information and kind of like the question is how much time should that play? Um, did you play that comic game with me from um, yes. the people that made um, Cobalt's at My Baby? Yes. That was like our first Metatopia. First no, was, yeah, that was like first Metatopia. I don't know if that ever ended up coming I out. I don't or think not. it did. I actually looked into it recently. I don't think they ever released it. Okay. Which is sad um, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It, it isn't what I would want to do exactly, but like to, to get briefly, you create characters and they have a couple little stats. And basically what you're doing is you're writing comics. And, but mm-hmm. like you're you're doing individual comics within a long run and you're doing it non-sequentially. And you're like kind of hopping around in it. And like there's a lot of like stuff with like the real world publication history um, having an effect. Um, and so like you could do something that is like that, that each comic took us maybe we had a lot of banter, but it probably took us. Five to ten minutes tops yeah. for a comic, um, probably way closer to the five than the ten. Um, and so you could do something as like as tight as that. Or something that you're doing, a session is a is a is a movie, and I I, I think that is too much. Yeah, yeah but I yeah. also I also think I don't want to go to that like kind of microscopy level that it's that you've invented twenty movies at the end of a session. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think that's too much. That's too much. Yeah, I I do I do love the idea that it should each each mini game plot line should include yeah. some rules for dictating what the post credit scene is oh definitely <laughs> and and I, I can't decide if i think that that means that each mini game so if you're playing an a plot and a b plot that's two yeah. mini games that's two post credit scenes okay. or if it means that you have an a plot like there's a prompt for the a plot after post credit scene and a prompt from the b plot and then you make a scene that is that that satisfies both of their requirements. So there's like mm. one mini. There's one post credit scene that is the merger of the two. Um, that's sort of like because I love the idea of of setting up a post credit scene to like hint at stuff that you haven't decided yet. Yeah, yeah, I like, love that. You're not so much. You're not Marvel. You're making these things up as you. I mean, maybe they're making these things up as they go too. But like, you don't have like a, a Marvel comics universe behind you. That's giving you yeah. a possible plot line. So you're just being like you're pulling Thanos out of nowhere to yeah. introduce like a space. That's a phenomenal. Space. Yeah, I think I, that I, that's I fully agree. Um, And there's a part of me that wants to go like to like stick a timer on them. Yeah. Oh, they have like, to be short. Like, oh, oh, no. I mean, like stick a future oh, like timer on it. But it's like, yeah, like uh, you uh like like let's say you introduce thanos it's like and you have four movies to make sure that you hit that oh like yeah within okay. four more movies you gotta you gotta introduce although that rule runs into the problem with marvel that it's like howard the duck yeah <laughs> yeah um i mean so maybe you need some kind of a mechanic that lets you just bail on a thing that you yeah, set up maybe hey if you bail on a thing that you set up Maybe it affects the quality of the movie you're in. <laughs> it's like, okay, we hit the end of our timer. That brings down our movie quality by one. I definitely, I love the idea of a game mechanic called like so and so will return in. Yeah, hundred percent. 
<laughs> just like, I, because it just lets you, because again, if you have no plan, the idea of reaching into the, the like chaos bucket yeah. you just created to grab a random character and call a shot that they will return in some future movie. Okay. It's so okay. good to me. I love I this. Think we, I love this so much. I think and we need to write this. I think we need to write this. And I want to make a, I want to make a called shot. Yeah. I think you have to define how good the movie is at some point. And I'd <laughs> yes. like to define that you have to decide how good the movie is before you make the movie. Okay. I that, like, like that. There's some like dice or like some choices that you're making and that you're like, because then you can do the thing that you're like, all right, we hit the end of our timer on introducing uh, Hornet Lad. Uh, yeah. So that we either need to introduce <laughs> Hornet Lad this, this movie or our movie quality is going to go down. Yeah. And then you look around the table and you're like, none of us want Hornet Lad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so our movie, we know we're going down a grade on our movie right now. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. chosen these plot lines. We put in three villains. Because we put in three villains, that means our quality goes down again. Oh, we're going to make a terrible movie. <laughs> the, the idea that the plot lines themselves have like a static quality rating. That's so, so that good. So that you could intentionally choose, like you could perfectly yes. craft this to make a good movie or choose or, to make a bad movie. I love James, that. Yes. I love that, that so much. That's so good. And hold up, hold up. There's three plot lines. Uh, each time there's an editorial mandate for okay. one of them that's randomized. Okay. So, so you could go in and like you're getting ready to like, okay, we need to do this. And it's like, we rolled a hornet. We we rolled uh we rolled the the romance plot line. This one has to heavily involve the romance plot line. And, yeah. Uh, with the other stuff we have set up, it's not going to be possible. Oh, that that gives you such like replayability too. Because if you yeah. have if you have for every one of these like mini game kind of plot lines, you yeah. have a list of of possible editorial mandates. And then yeah. for every movie, you're just like rolling one of your you're picking you're rolling to pick randomly which of your three plot lines is going to have an editorial mandate. Oh if my any God, of them. that's so brutal. <laughs> and then you roll to see on from the list if one or, or more of them like so then yeah. once you know, yeah. OK, it's the B plot that has the editorial mandate and then you roll from the on their table to be like, what's the mandate? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to <laughs> you have to force it in. And you got to choose the superhero beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, you have to set yeah. up all that stuff in advance. <laughs> You've chosen everything. Yeah. The editorial oh mandate is definitely the last thing you do. Oh, this is good. We got to work. This we, is good. We this should good. definitely write this game really together. Love this. Let's yes. figure this out. Let's this figure out happening. how to release uh, a first season. And uh, <laughs> because really, like, a first season of this is like three plot lines, four plot lines that you can kind of mix I, I guess and match. It depends. I guess it depends how many how many plot lines a movie has you know yeah, usually two if a plot line has yeah three. like if it has three then uh then we probably then like you know we need more than three plot lines because then you're yeah. just bouncing them up and down um mm. okay well maybe i will do some research into like marvel and dc movies uh cinematic universe movies yeah yeah and come I, back with a next next episode with like a pitch of some plot lines yeah because i'm just thinking like details like if nothing else like origin is yeah. clearly one um like i'm trying to think of season one it's like uh 
I'm not season one, <laughs> uh, phase one. Yeah, it was just all origins. It was all origins. <laughs> it was all origins. But there's there's more stuff there. I bet there's I can more spend, stuff. There's more stuff. I'll spend some yeah. time on like TV tropes and figure this all out. Right. And it might also be that it isn't plot lines exactly, but like, uh, like essentially selecting a couple tropes, you know, like, like timeline, like time travel is not like a plot line, right? Yeah. It's a trope. Uh, or like, so like, like the theme around, like, this is something they were talking about in, um, uh, People are talking about what is the what is the what is the unifying thing around around like whatever phase four of Marvel. Yeah. And like kind of the thing is around like the like the 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 world's kind of like recovery from the snap, the Thanos snap. Yeah. Yeah. And like people finding figuring out what it means to be who they are or what they used mm-hmm. to be and stuff like that. And so, yeah, like I wonder if it could be a thematic like origins is like definitely a an a plot line. But like recovering from trauma is not a plot line. It's like a yeah. theme. And so you could, yeah. that's where you like you could mix and match totally those things. I think that works really well. Yeah. This is great. This is going to be yeah. great. Are we, are we writing? Is this is this a one particular harbor hack <laughs> or is it a firebrands hack? Maybe I should read firebrands. Maybe I have some homework to do before the next <laughs> the next Be- session. And before we get back together, you read firebrands. I'll finish reading the king is dead. Um, yeah, you've got you've got one pretty I. I I I think I've got the PDF of one particular harbor. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I've got it digitally. And um, uh, so so we'll try to do some reading on this and start thinking yeah. and put stuff. We'll start a notion. Yeah, let's start a notion. <laughs> we'll start a notion. Um, and uh, yeah, because I'm I'm really into this idea. Actually, I think this could be really <laughs> really fun. Yeah, um, and I mean, like being being honest, like I think. If a session is two to three movies, that's dope. Yeah. You know, because because then you can like with one movie, you're just doing a a movie that is like kind of standing on its own and hinting at something else. By the time you hit movie three, you can start really pulling in some stuff from previous movies in like a very real way. And if you're talking about six people or four to six people sitting around playing three movies, yeah. Then you do that maybe twice. That's yeah. Four years of <laughs> of time before you have to release. Like, how frequently can four people really get together to play tabletop games? Realistically, um, uh, from from <laughs> from from my experience, um, a few months. twice twice in two and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> seems to yeah. be my so, experience. So that's it. how long you have as a designer to write the next season. And then yeah, exactly. It's perfect. It's flawless. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Although realistically, also like we don't need to because because okay, hold up, bringing it back. Mm-hmm. We don't need to necessarily release it in a way that it is. This is season one. Yeah, because you can go. This is a living document. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is enough for you to run phase one ish. Like this is enough for you to run your first three movies. Uh, and then as we come up with more stuff, we just put it in there because it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be three. It doesn't need to be four different zines, right? Yeah. It can be, uh, this is best after this point, or it can just be now instead of six kinds of scenes, there's 12 kinds of scenes. Yeah. I love the idea too, (laughs) that 
that somebody who isn't one of us could release uh, um, like a, a, a set of plot lines and basically do the like, here's how to make <laughs> so Sony <many> movies <laughs> about Spider-Man <laughs> that, it, that are occurring adjacent <laughs> to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and are in theory connected, but aren't legally connected. And they it's all have to be and, and they all have <laughs> and they all have to be bad. That's not fair. That's not completely fair. That's <laughs> it's fair. They're all bad. It's not completely fair. Okay, yeah, hold up. Fair. But but you're right. You're uh, right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Spider Verse is not a, true. an MCU movie. Not true. So, That's true. That's so true. it's not fair. And also, <laughs> also, I just recently rewatched them. Venom, Venom One and Two are good movies. They are good movies. I've not watched I, I, them. They got they got real. They got done real dirty. They are yeah, maybe better yeah. than some of the Spider-Man movies. Okay. That's my my wild <laughs> that's your my wild non-MCU Marvel hot take. Um <laughs> Venom was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a total of 30 seconds. Uh and I love it. <laughs> so if so, you have a great If you're Morbin. If you're Morbin. <laughs> if it's Morbin and you're Morbin. <laughs> and you want and you want to yell it's Morbin time at us on the internet or if you want to okay you can do a t- like so i tweeted some i tweeted people while we're recording this podcast sometimes okay. to give them a weird time delayed twitter interaction <laughs> with the show so okay. they can go back and get the context for the other half of the conversation they're not seeing if you want to do that with us you can listen to the show and tweet about it while you're listening um and mm, you can yeah, reach out to we us won't have yeah Yes, was we won't be able to inv- be, be involved because don't us tell us now, where we are in it. <laughs> yeah, don't tell us. And we also can't change the things we've said. So like if right mm. now I say, mm, that's a good point. You could say anything. I can't I can't change that. Yeah, that's just like yeah. whatever you tweeted us at that time. But the Twitter account you're looking for is at stop back and roll or individually. I'm at and the meltdowns and I'm at be and Gambetta. You can find our episodes at uh, www.stopbackandroll.com or on, uh, you know, it just occurred to me. They know how to find our episodes. I think so, probably. They're listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> in your yeah. in your podcatcher that you're yeah, using. Yeah, wherever, wherever you found this episode, that's where you're going to find That's where the rest episode. is. <laughs> you're not listening on www.stopbackandroll.com. <laughs> no one's ever done that. If you're on like a bus... And the the driver is playing this episode over the 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 loudspeakers. Just like when it's safe, when the bus isn't moving, get up and tap them on the shoulder and be like, "What is this podcast? How can I find it?" And they'll be able to tell you. Um, I'm picturing like if, a party bus. If they are a bus driver, if you are a bus driver listening to this, making all of the the high school students that you're driving to school listen to this podcast. You are probably one of our Patreon backers, and so I'd like to thank you, because you're probably someone like Finn, or Devin Preston, or Aaron Olson, or Brett Voles, Polyamorous Q, Rogue Schindler, Richard Kritzlandry, Rob Abrazado, Stephanie, or Devin White. And if you are listening on that bus and would like to become one of the people who might play this show for a bus full of high school students, then you can do that by checking out our Patreon at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. You'd like to support us in a non-financial way? Come get on the Stop Back and Roll bus over on Discord. <laughs> I was going to say support us in a non-bus related way, but you turned it around and made it bus related again. So 
I can't even remember the URLs. I am tinyurl.com slash shr discord or discord.stopandroll.com. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to have to cut so much giggling. I, I think at least one of those works. Yeah. So that's us. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> to stop <laughs> and roll. the screen goes black and then we are brought to the stop hack and roll podcasting facility james and brandon are dead oh no (laughs) yeah we're dead slumped over the desk and hornet boy as previously mentioned is standing there holding his signature hornet blasters oh no and he's like I'll be back, baby. Oh, I hate that voice. It's the worst. It's, the, it's why we don't want to use Hornet Boy. Hornet Boy will return. Hornet Boy will return in one Stop particular Back and Roll first episode roll. of 2020. <laughs>